This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hello, everyone. This is Becky Robinson, and I'm so glad you've chosen to join us for another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Today's conversation wraps up the theme that we've been doing all month on growing thought leadership and influence online. And I am so happy today to be talking with my old friend and client, Julie Winkle Giulioni. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Becky. It's nice to be with you. I'm so glad that we have the chance to talk about this topic again. And one of the reasons I invited Julie to be on today's podcast is that I've had the pleasure of having a front row seat to her building of thought leadership over the past eight years since the launch of her book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go back in 2012. So Julie, as we get started today, would you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and your work? You bet. And I guess I come out of an educational uh, background. I was a high school teacher and a college professor and department chair before migrating into corporate training and learning. And that's really kind of the basis for a lot of the work that I do. I've worked in a variety of different organizations as learning development managers. In my last internal job, I was with Achieve Global, which at the time was the largest training company in the world. And I was the director of product development. And so about 20 years ago, I traded the illusion of security for the illusion of freedom and went out on my own and founded a niche consulting firm developing training programs for corporate clients. I love the instructional design work and figuring out how to connect ideas with people and help them then turn that into action. And 12 years ago, as you mentioned, I had the good fortune to get to write Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go with Beverly Kay. And that was when when you and I met and when I started my front row seat to, to watching you build your amazing practice. And when I began learning at your knee about what thought leadership and social media and online marketing was all about. That's really kind. Thank you, Julie. Now, before we dive into our topic for today, you also have another book in the works. Would you like to share with us about that? I do. I'm really excited about it. I'm working with ATD and the topic, it's really a nice follow-on actually for Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, which is about the career conversations that employees really want and organizations need. And this next book builds upon it. It's based upon some really fascinating research we've just completed that finds that a lot of the reason managers avoid career development is because they think everybody wants those promotions and the new positions and everything that are in pretty short supply in most organizations. And this new research finds that there are actually seven other things that employees want to grow even more than their position. And so it's going to be a really good toolkit, I think, for managers to be able to help people develop in the areas that really mean the most to them. Thanks so much for sharing. I can't wait to read the book when it comes out. So Julie, let's talk a little bit about your journey to build thought leadership online. And I'm very curious what motivates you or what has fueled your consistent investment in growing thought leadership over time. 
So it's funny, even as I thought about preparing for our conversation, Becky, I have to be honest and tell you the expression thought leadership is completely daunting to me. And if I had ever thought about intentionally pursuing that, I'd never have even stepped in the direction. Um, You know, thought leadership, that's pretty heady stuff. And I guess it's one of those sort of like beauty, it's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, I don't know that I think of myself as a thought leader, but to the extent that I might be, it's only because someone else is getting value out of it. So for me, for most of my life, I've developed content. And in many cases, it was for others or for the training company I worked for, clients and that kind of thing. And so I felt really comfortable developing a point of view and content ideas for others. But when I wrote the book, when I came to you and we started talking about marketing it, online, suddenly it was my name on it. These were my ideas and it was a total game changer. And Becky, you probably remember even nudging me to start writing a blog was pretty hard work on your part. You finally, I think, told me, you know, just mellow out because I was so self-conscious about people reading what I was writing and what they were thinking. I think you told me for the first few months, nobody's going to read it anyway. (laughs) I do remember saying that to you, Julie. It was good counsel. So now that I have found my groove and gotten over my self-consciousness, at least most days, what motivates me? Several things, actually. I love the topic I write about. I just love leadership. I love career development. I think it is so, so important for individuals and organizations. And so there really is sort of a deeper purpose behind the writing that I do. And I also find it incredibly fun to noodle ideas, to play with new ways of connecting things, to listen to what I'm hearing from clients and from leaders and employees and be able to sort of sort through that and figure out some straightforward solutions and actions. It is so fun to get an idea, be able to capture it, crystallize it with words and put it out there and see what flies, what sticks, what resonates with people and what's, you know, just a total clunker that nobody cares about or thinks is pretty silly. So there's really kind of an intellectual satisfaction associated with spinning the ideas, putting them out there, getting feedback, and then being able to continue to work with them and take them to the next level. That's really interesting to think about, Julie, just the fun and intellectual stimulation that comes from putting ideas out and seeing how audiences respond. That's a really important point. Thank you for sharing it. So Julie, I'm curious, what's the most important lesson that you've learned about growing online influence? I was struck by this eight years ago, and I think I'm more struck by it now. People are really hungry to connect. And particularly over the last nine months, and we won't even get into all of that, there is just such an appetite to connect with other people. And the online platform is so rich in terms of opportunities for connection. I was kind of skeptical, I've got to admit, going in. I took your advice and I went through all the motions, but I never thought that I could create really authentic friendships 
have really genuine conversations, be able to exchange meaty ideas with people literally all over the world. So there's a huge need for connection. And so that also is part of the satisfaction, isn't it, of operating in this space. And I'd say also the other lesson that I've learned is that there's an appetite for high quality content. We can all spin content. We can all put a blog post out there. And I know for myself, when I don't put as much time and effort and thought into it, when I'm on deadline, when I've challenged myself to get it out there, those posts, those articles, they don't resonate the way the ones that I really think deeply about. And so folks can tell. They know immediately and you get the feedback accordingly. And then two other thoughts. And this has taken me a long time to get. I have finally, the lesson that I think I've learned is that repetition is actually reinforcement. In the beginning, I felt like I had to come up with brand new ideas and topics every time I sat down and put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. While variety was a spice of life and keeps us all interested, what I'm also aware of is that People need to hear things and see things in different ways, from different angles, with different contexts, various examples and whatnot. And so I used to feel kind of self-conscious or maybe even apologetic about revisiting something. And now I'm really realizing that we all just kind of learn and get things in layers. And so I'm thinking more about it as reinforcement and repetition. And then the last thing I'll just say is, Growing online influence is a team sport, is not something one does by oneself. I have been so grateful for the connections that I've made, for the followers who have added their ideas and amplified what I've said, and for other bloggers and authors. I mean, there's just such a rich collaborative community out there, folks who are willing to jump in and help and magnify the message. And that makes all the difference in the world. That's such a great point, Julie. And I think that when we can view others who are in our spaces as collaborators instead of competitors, then we all find additional traction and momentum for our work. That's a really good point, Becky. You're right. And the truth is, you know, when it comes to ideas, there aren't any competitors. I mean, we're all coming up with different ones. And to the extent that we're sharing them, it's, you know, what is that about a rising tide and ships coming up? Yes. So Julie, I'm curious what opportunities you've gained that you would not have gained without your investment in thought leadership and showing up online. I think the benefits that I've realized fall into two buckets. One is probably the most profound is the benefit, the opportunity to elevate my ideas. The ideas that I have for this new book, they have come as a result of this incremental growth and different people throwing out different perspectives and great feedback and continuing to think and challenge myself to focus down this path. And so a huge opportunity associated with being online really is the opportunity to just keep taking your ideas to the next level. On the more mundane level, from a business standpoint, I am busier than ever and gratefully so, not complaining. And I do literally no marketing beyond what I do online. I spend no money on formal advertising or anything like that. And yet even so... What's happened is I've been so fortunate to have people literally read a blog post 
and then call me and say, love that. Will you speak at our conference? I consistently have developed new client relationships because folks have read something, they liked the point of view, and they thought it was the kind of thing that they wanted to bring into their organizations. My free writing that I do for myself all the time has translated into a regular column with Training Industry Magazine paid blogging opportunities for a variety of organizations, and a lot of consulting as well. And frankly, this new book that I'm writing, I would not have this opportunity were it not for a commitment to an online presence. I was asked by ATD about a year ago, they wanted to get my voice more into their platform and asked if I would write a couple of blog posts. And at the time I thought, oh, geez, I don't have time for this. It's not in the magazine. It's on the blog. And I kind of went back and forth for a minute, but my default is always yes. And thank goodness I did because one of the editors picked up on the article and said, this would make a good book. Would you be willing? Julia, that's amazing. And as I'm listening to you, I want to ask a question that I think many might be wondering about that wasn't in our script. But you know, for someone who's listening and wondering how they can achieve what you've achieved in terms of investing in online presence and seeing those tangible results of client work and speaking work and a book deal, how long does that take? How long did it take you from the time that you first had a website at juliewinklejulioni.com until you started to see the results and the fruit of your labor? That's a really good question, Becky. And it's probably the answer is not going to be very welcome to a lot of folks. The truth is it probably was about two or three years before I saw a big uptick. There was a bit of a leap of faith and needing to stick to it. And I know that's hard. As I've talked to so many authors, there's kind of a sense of, well, let me do this and get the book launched and then move on to the next. And I know for myself, I would not have achieved as much as I have if I hadn't persevered and stuck with it through all the years. And it seems like like it's just amplifying, you know, that the growth curve is just accelerating. So my sense is the longer you stick with it, the more the results are going to come. And sometimes I can point to somebody read a blog post and they invited me to speak at a conference. That's easy. But a lot of it is more amorphous than that. I don't know. Can I point to that blog? Can I point to writing articles? Can I point to a podcast or doing a video interview or conferences? It's hard to say, but when you keep doing all those things together, and if you're loving what you're doing, it's not work anyway. But if we keep doing that, I think that we have the capacity to just kind of weave this really rich tapestry that ultimately, you know, has the potential to do great things. I was trying to continue that tapestry metaphor, but I didn't know where to go with it. We'll keep this, we'll wrap us in success. Well, Julie, that's my exact experience as well. The longer I'm online, the longer I'm creating value for others, the more results I see. And I can't always point to the exact path of where those opportunities are coming from, but it's that consistency of showing up where you become memorable to people and then they know exactly what they can come to you for. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, Becky, the other thing is when I think about the online presence, half of it is providing content and value and material. But the other half of it is really learning from others and then helping them shine as well. And so it's not always the heavy lift of creating a blog post or an article. Sometimes it's as light as going in and supporting another author who's getting their point of view out there. 
it's kind of magical. I'm sounding magnanimous and, and I don't mean to say it, but there's a generosity when people do that, that comes back many times over, I think. I am so with you on that, Julie, and I'm so glad you said it. And I hope that those who are listening, if you haven't made that investment in showing up online, that you really hear what Julie is saying, that it's not only about showing up to share your own content, but it's also about showing up in relationship and support of others. And those two things combined are what help you grow your influence in online spaces. So Julie, we have two more questions, I think, as we wrap up our conversation. The first one is, I'd really love to hear what you're most hoping to achieve as you continue to participate in building thought leadership and influence online. So probably two things. One has to do with just continuing to advance, vet, expand, test, improve content. Just really that playing with ideas and using the wisdom of the world around us to take those ideas to another level. And then secondarily, I think the other objective is is marketing, but in a value add way. So continuing to build my business and expand the pool of potential clients for training, folks who want me to come speak in their organization or consult with them around leadership and career development. I think it boils down to those two kind of primary objectives. Thank you for sharing those, Julie. So as you might know from listening to other episodes of this podcast, what we do at the end of every podcast is we have some action steps that those who are listening can immediately implement in order to grow their influence and market their books more effectively. So Julie, what advice would you give to someone who's just beginning to grow influence online? And what are a couple of action steps that our listeners could implement based on your comments today? So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. It's a matter of starting and keeping going, even those weeks when it's busy or those months when it's busy, to stick to the commitment, continue to write, continue to put material out there, and continue to listen to the feedback that you're getting, whether it's through active engagement from folks where they really are building on what you're saying and what you're proposing. Or feedback also comes in the form of crickets and the silence the things that aren't generating interest and attention. That's data as well. But I think the key is start if you haven't already. If you're already doing it, keep going and just know that it's kind of you're on a a long path. It's a long-term commitment you're making if you really want to have powerful long-term results from it. And then the second thing is... And this runs counter to so much counsel we're getting these days, especially as folks are looking for better work-life balance. I know there's so much energy around figuring out how to say no. So I'm going to buck the trend a little bit and say, figure out how to say yes, because yeses open doors that you can't even imagine. Yeses offer opportunities and piggybacked opportunities down the line that aren't even on our radar screen today. And so saying no will definitely close that door. Saying yes will open it to any number of possibilities. I love that. So for those of you who are listening today, I encourage you to figure out how to say yes to some of the opportunities that are coming your way. And as we wrap up today's episode, Julie, I would love for you to share with our listeners how they can get to know you better and connect with you in all your online spaces. 
Oh, thank you. Well, I've got a website at juliewinklegiulioni.com. And Becky, you'll probably put that in the show notes, right? Because that's helpful. Yes. <laughs> and that same name, juliewinklegiulioni.com, is where you'll find me on LinkedIn. And on Twitter, I'm Julie underscore WG. I'd love to connect with folks there. Thank you so much, Julie. And thanks to those of you who are listening. If you found value in today's episode, I hope you'll take a moment to share it with someone else who might benefit from it. And we'll be back with you next month. And our theme next month is all about authors. So we'll be talking about publishing options and about agents and about all the things you might want to consider as you're on the journey to write and publish your first book. So thanks again, and I'll be back with you next week. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, becky at weavinginfluence.com. 